Welcome to Dream Big with Big Dreamers, conversations for career growth, inspiration, and insight, hosted by Donna Sardula and yours truly, Scott Jones. Here are the inspiring stories that shape the careers of top executives, entrepreneurs, and professionals. These empowering discussions offer guidance and advice as you advance in your career. It's time to dream big. Do you know anything about Colin Powell? Uh, I know a little bit about Colin Powell. I mean, I know he was Secretary of State. I know he was the commander in the... He was the commander in the second Iraq war. And he's a very smart guy. And very impressive every time I've heard him interviewed. So, I mean, I... Uh, yeah, I mean, that's all I know about Colin Powell. You know, with, with what I do, you know, with, with the LinkedIn profiles, we ask people for their favorite quotes. And Colin Powell is up there. As I mean, people love this man has said some amazing, amazing things. Um, one of his quotes is leadership is solving problems. The day soldiers stop bringing you their problems is the day you have stopped leading them. Interesting, like, isn't it? Uh, there is no end to the good you can do if you don't care who gets the credit. That's also Colin Powell. Uh, if you're going to achieve excellence in big things, you develop the habit in little matters. Just, just, just really empowering, uh, amazing things he's, he's quoted and he said, and it, which brings uh, me <laughs> to, uh, our, our guest today, who is James George. And, and he has said that he finds amazing motivation and inspiration through, through Colin Powell. Um, but James is a corporate black belt leader for a consumer goods company, leading highly capable teams and game changing business transformation efforts, streamlining operations, improving productivity and generating multi-million dollar cost savings each quarter. But James is a retired major from the United States army where he led multiple high profile initiatives involving thousands of people, millions of dollars in equipment and hundreds of miles of land, both in the U.S. and abroad. James, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure. How are you, Donna? Scott? <laughs> doing good. Doing good. Good, good, good. <clears throat> James, what did you want to be when you were a little boy? Like, did you say you wanted to be in the Army? I did. Was that I what did. you were thinking um, back then? Yeah. You know, so, so my dad, my mom, I mean, I'm sorry, my dad and my uncles were all in Vietnam. And, uh, and so, uh, after the war, they all, you know, came back to Birmingham, Alabama in 1973, 74 from, from, uh, from their tours. And, uh, and I, and I just, I kind of fell in love with the stories that they told. Uh, and so for the rest of my life, you know, I went on and became a boy scout where I got my Eagle scout. I was like the number one cadet in ROTC. Then I went on to Georgia military college, uh, and then so on and so forth. So that was always a lifetime dream of mine was to be in the military. And it was a pleasure and an honor, uh, to have served, uh, uh the way that I, the way that I did. Yeah. Now you, you were in the army from 1995 to 2015. Yes. And I, I have to say, like, what was it like transitioning out of that environment? Because I, I often talk with, with those who are transitioning out and it's so very, very hard. It's, it's a totally different environment. It's a different mindset. And, you know, I wonder, did, did you struggle or, 
you know, and, and, and I know that you're, you're, you're very focused on change management. Did the change management come from t- transitioning out or was it vice versa? Now the trans, you know, the whole uh, continuous improvement piece and change management piece came from being in the military. Uh, but to answer the question about the transition and was it tough for me, it was because, you know, the military does a great job of bringing you in you know, coaching and teaching you to stay in, to stay relevant, to to uh, to accomplish the mission. We do a good job, basic training, AIT, and then a whole lot of other intermediate education that they do throughout your career. But what we just do not do a good job is, is when it's all said and done and it's time to go and you reach the end of your contract or you're ready to retire, there is no extensive program really to get you out of the military to say, okay, we want to now deprogram this person so they can go out in the civilian world and do what they have to do. And this is very important, especially after coming out for four or five deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan. Prior to 9-11, I mean, the transition was easier. But then come after 9-11, of course, yeah. we've all been to combat several times. It's a lot more difficult and needs a lot more attention uh, then it's getting now. So yes, it was it was tough for me to transition out of the military. Yeah, you know, it, what you just said reminded me of something. My 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 husband was in the Marines for for years, and he had said to me, he was out maybe three or four years, and his sister said to him, "You're back." You're, you're right. finally back. He's he, like he said. It took him about three to four years to sort of lose that programming, right. and you know, kind of become the person he was before. And uh, so, did 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 it take you that amount of time? Yeah, you know, I've been I've been out five years, and I still haven't all the way lost it because you know I did twenty years in three months, and so so now I'm out five years and. It, it, it's still, I still haven't transitioned completely out of it, uh, but I have made some progress. Uh, so yeah, so I don't. So I think, you know, I, I guess it all depends on how many years you were in. I spent all, almost half of my life either in the military or preparing to go. So you got to count that time too. So you know, uh, uh, the speech, the way that we talked, the attitude, all this stuff was started the day I went to Georgia Military College, and it went all the way up until I retired. So I think it's going to take me a little longer uh, to transition out of the military completely, if ever, uh, uh, because of the amount of time that I put in, you know? So. Yeah. What advice what, what do you would think you give? What, what do you think is the number one thing that you could learn that, that the private sector could learn from military life? Because it seems that the military, it's such a big, comprehensive organization that's so efficient uh, and effective. I mean, what... What takeaways are there from military culture that, that the private sector could learn from? Hey, Scott, that's a great question, and I have a good answer for you, too, because I've thought about this pretty extensively. <laughs> the one thing that I think that if, the, if, if, if I could be the, you know, uh, uh, the leader of the world uh, for one day, I would say, hey, look at how we lead in the military. Understand what leadership really is. 
You see, you know, you know, leadership is, you know, I have my own definition of leadership. Leadership is an art of influencing and directing people in such a way as to obtain their willing obedience, their confidence, their respect, and loyal cooperation in order to accomplish a mission. That's that right there is my definition of leadership, and, and the military uses. Um, many components of what I just said. So if there's anything I think the civilian world can learn from the military is what leadership is and how to lead. You know, because I mean, I see it all the time. People don't understand when it comes to leadership, you are responsible for what does and does not happen. That's the part of the civilian world. If my, if my subordinate does not f- succeed, that's on me as a leader. If I do not meet my KPIs, that is on me as a leader, and I have to fix it, and you got to take ownership of it. That is some of the issues that I have seen in my five years of being out of the military is people understanding how to lead, when to lead, and how to coach, teach, and mentor as a leader. Hmm. Do you – what I was going to ask before was what what – what advice, you know, and does it, does it touch upon what you said? Is it, is it that ownership? I mean, but what, what could, what advice would you give to those who are, who are transitioning out and, and, you know, struggling because there is such a disconnect between, you know, this leadership that you're, you're, you're referencing. I think if I had it, so I think preparation, when you know that, Hey, your time in the military is about to end, Start preparing immediately. Don't wait until it's time to, uh, uh, you know, you get your papers and saying you got two weeks left. Start preparing then just as I did. I went and got my Lean Six Sigma Black Bell. I went to the PMP class. I uh, I, uh, I made sure that my uh, my package was ready so I can transition over to the VA for my disability. Go ahead and start preparing yourself six months to a year out for that transition so that when you come out, and you get hit by the civilian world, you you don't have to worry about those things because those things are very complicated. You get out here and you're like, okay, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And you're trying to figure that out. Then, oh, by the way, uh, PTSD sneaks up on you. Your knees not feeling as good as they used to and your ankles and your back. So now you got to go make VA appointments. All that stuff is cumbersome and it takes time and it causes stress and anxiety and it leads to a whole bunch of other things. So the best advice that I can give folks that are in the military is a year out, six months out, start preparing for the transition, both academically, you know, education-wise, as well as medically or your health-wise, and then your family. Get your family uh, ready for the transition as well, because my son had a hard time with the transition, just like I did. So those are the three things that I think, uh, uh, among a hundred other things, that you should focus on if you are transitioning out of the military soon. I'm curious, is it hard in the military if if you're thinking, you, you know, you're a soldier, but you're also a citizen? And what if you have questions about the mission? You know, you think about like Af- the war, second war in Iraq, I'm thinking in particular, was, was something that wasn't like widely popular in American culture, right? And, and I'm wondering how, how you deal with um, questions you might have about the mission. I wonder how also that transfers into into the private sector, when maybe you have questions about the company's mission and how, how do you, you know, how do you become, how do you function in a team, in an organization when you might be struggling with the direction the mission's going? Right. You know, in the military, when you sign your name on that, on that, uh, on that dotted line, on that contract, 
you know, and you take that oath of office, uh, especially as an officer, enlisted as well. Uh, but as an officer, you, you sort of agree, hey, whatever missions uh, that, uh, that come down, you know, from the high commanders, from the president, from the, from the uh, president of the United States, when it comes down, it becomes my mission. You know, once it goes through, you know, the, the, all the processes and, and, and that final order comes down, that becomes my mission. And I take it on as if I created it. And uh, so, so that's, that, is, that is my job that I've been tasked to do. And then I lead my soldiers uh, uh, through what we have to go through. In the civilian world, I, I ran into several situations where I didn't understand the mission or the purpose. And I, in my mind, I knew that it was not going to be uh, successful. So with that being said, uh, you have to really just say, okay, I'm going to do my part. And my, uh, my command philosophy when I was a commander, I had this old saying, take care of your piece of the Army. But when I got out of the civilian world and realized that my ideas and my thoughts are not going to really have a significant effect on the strategic plan, the big, the big strategic plan for the company I was working for, I just took care of my little piece of Coca-Cola or my little piece of Spectrum Brands or my little piece of, you know, of uh, – of, uh, of uh, of uh, HelloFresh, I just did my part, and and hopefully the things that I accomplish at my part gives me a voice so that I can say, hey, if we try it this way, guys, this may help us reach reach our goals. So that's that's what I found. That's the difference. Yeah, yeah that's fa- and that that that's fascinating to me that. That you're, because that, that has to be kind of a transition because uh, a change of mindset, right? I mean, I'm wondering how you accomplish that change of mindset from the private sector to the, because that that strikes me as not being easy, especially when it seems to me that the, one of the things the military strikes me as is incredibly efficient and effective, yes. right? And so um, to to transition into things that are that might be less efficient and effective, it's got to be a challenge to change your mindset. Yes, it is. It is a challenge, but uh, you have to understand too. In the military, uh, even though we are uh, a very efficient organization, it's it, it comes with a whole bunch of lessons learned. You know, every single mission that we go on, every single exercise that we do, every single uh, training event that we take, we do something called an after-action review. AAR, and we go back and we take a look at all the mistakes that we made, the good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent, and then we have, we fix it immediately. So, so yes, we, and then the next time we don't make those same mistakes. Whereas in the civilian world, it, it's different. Same trials and tribulations, and and, uh, and 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 mistakes are made, none greater than the other. It's just that at the end of the day. From what I've seen in the civilian world, we don't really sit down and let's talk about the, the pros and cons to what we just did and how we can fix them so that we so we won't make the same mistakes twice. That's where Lean Six Sigma or Continuous Improvement kind of came in for me. And that's sort of the gap that I'm seeing in the civilian world. Let's talk about our problems and let's lay out the pros and the cons, what happened, and let's try not to make the same mistake twice and continue to move forward. That's the big difference. And, and yes, it does take uh, – it's frustrating. Very frustrating is that we keep making the same mistakes over and over again in the civilian world, and and it is frustrating. It really is. Yeah. How do you deal with the frustration? What do you do? How do you how do you process it? Uh, I just you know I I go home 
and uh and uh and I exercise and uh I exercise and I kind of try to take it off get it off my mind because it, it it sticks with because my job I take seriously like I did in the military it becomes a part of you we take it very personal it's professional and it's personal and we don't like to fail failure is not an option for most folks that come out of the military so we take that personal so how I deal with it is I go back home, I try to relax, and I try to come up with courses of action that I can that I can go back and do to try to mitigate the problem. And I and I just keep on pushing uh until I mitigate the problem. And sometimes that can be good and sometimes that can be bad. I've had times where I just push so hard that it turns people off sometimes. Hey, this ain't the military, James, you know, calm down, pull back a little bit. And I'm and, and that right there is like, wow. Wow, so you don't you don't want to get this right right now. So you got to kind of pull back, make the adjustments, adapt, overcome those marine terms. But you know that's what I had to do: adapt and overcome, and and whatever they give me, I just kind of make the best of it. Yeah. It it must be hard to to in in some ways form form teams knowing that the people that you're bringing on don't have that same background, that that same commitment that you have is it are there certain things that you look for in people who weren't in the military are there certain values or or questions that you ask to to get to that core of the individual so you know you're bringing someone on who who has the right mindset you know they got this thing that we use in it's called coach teach and mentor every soldier that we bring into the military straight out of the out of the civilian world uh uh has what you're saying. They, we don't know anything about them. We don't know, you know, their background. We don't know whether they're morally straight, ethically straight. We have no clue on who that person is. But as a leader, it is my job to be able to take any person, do what I'm supposed to do, set the example, and coach, teach, and mentor to get people uh, to my level. That's what we do with a team. And, and and so that's, you know, Michael Jordan. I mean, we can use Michael Jordan as an example. Uh, it took him a while to get to where he was with the Chicago Bulls, but he took a couple pay cuts. Uh, he changed position with the point guard, two guard. He, I mean, he changed up so many times so that the team could be effective. He played his role, and that's kind of how I look at it. When you bring in people that really don't know, uh, they're not on my level yet, my job as a leader is to get them to my level. So it doesn't matter who you are. We're going to get you to my level through coaching, teaching, and mentoring. Yeah. Mentoring is something that's really close to your heart. I know that, you know, since, yes, since you've been out as well as when you were in uh, the military, you're, you, you're always looking for people to, to help and coach, uh, not even in the military, but just, just youth. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what drives you? Yeah, so when I came out of, you know, in the military, I, I think what drove me to come into the military was I always wanted to do something that was bigger than me. Always, whether it was Boy Scouts it was or the military, always wanted to do something bigger than me. So when I came out of the military, <laughs> what, what, do you, what, do you, what do you do to get something equal to or greater than what you did in the military? I mean, that's, that's one of the, that's the biggest, that was, my, that was the biggest accomplishment of my life. So I in the civilian world, what can I do to match that? And the only thing I could come up with at this time is, is that every person that I interact with for the rest of my life, I'm going to learn from them 
and I'm and I hope they can learn from me. So it's always going to be about mentoring people to make them better. Whether it's you know kids that are in high school don't want to go to college, it's uh, guys and gals that are in the military currently, uh, with the members at church, whatever it may be. If you need me, I'm going to be there for you. And I've sort of considered that my new something bigger than me is mentoring. Anybody that I come in contact with, and also, but see, and also the fascinating thing about this mentoring thing is, I learn just as much as they learn from me, and it makes me a better person too. And I think that's what so that's the high that I get from it is that it makes me a stronger person and a better leader every time I get into these relationships with people, whether it be a kid or it be an adult. Yeah. That's, that's lovely, and and you said you have a son. I do. So I have a 21-year-old son, and I also have a, a 13-year-old son. Yep, and uh, my, 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 uh, my 21-year-old son, I, uh, I was a single parent, so I, I raised him. And, uh, and so that was tough in itself, too. So, so I've learned to, uh, to really connect with, uh, with young people these days. Uh, a lot, um, a lot better than most, you know, because my son he likes rap music, he makes music, and so I have to. I'm on the other end of the house, and I have to hear this music, and it's all this. Yeah, I mean, it's just it ain't the same. It ain't the Will Smith, and the, and uh, you know, uh, parents just wanna and I don't understand. It's not that kind of music. It's a whole different ball game. So I've learned to listen and adapt and respect because back then when rap music was around, we people you know N.W.A. and and a tribe called Quest. Everybody yeah, that is that is the devil's music, but it was our music at the time. So I got much respect and love for the music of the day. So so that's hard. Uh, I mean, that's something I'm learning to deal with, too, with the 21-year-old. The 13-year-old, he's still kind of, you know, PlayStation kind of kid and iPad. So so, uh, so we're still growing with him. Oh, I, I will tell you, I, my, uh, my little five- and seven-year-old boys, they're listening to right. the devil's music. The devil's music <laughs> is Baby Shark over and over yeah. and over again. I love yeah. Baby Shark. Yeah. Baby Shark, 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 Baby Shark, Shark, Shark. I love that song. Oh, it was fun the first couple times. After a thousand times, you start to hear the devil singing. Yeah, can, you, can we do something different, you know? And uh, so, yeah, it, it's uh, <laughs> some but, variety but, here would be nice. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and but, you know, with the music today, all of it sounds the same. And and, uh, and so it's, you know, like I said, like, can we can we do something different? Throw some R&B in there. Throw some, you know, I, I picked up on when I was in Nashville, I was stationed in Nashville. I fell in love with country music, you know. And so uh, let's do something different. Throw some variety in there sometimes, you know. So, yeah. So. Variety is the spice of life. Yes, it is. I well, agree. What was your specialty in the military? What did you do? Uh, so I was, uh, so what I did you do in the military? Like, what, was, what was your specialty? So my, my, in the first 10 years, I, was a, uh, I did infantry which is uh, the shoot, move, communicate type stuff, you know, uh, go out, find the enemy, close in with, destroy, that stuff. And then the last 10 years was logistics. Every aspect of logistics from, from food, bottled water, water purification, the transportation of that water, the bottling of that water, the, the, uh, the making of that water, clothes, repair parts, anything dealing with logistics, I was involved in. And uh, so that's pretty much what I did uh, my 20 years. Yeah. Oh, that's well, just must out. be fascinating. Go ahead. 
Logistics must be fascinating because it's 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 all it because the military is kind of a self enclosed animal, right? A self enclosed organism. Right. Unlike lots of companies where you outsource things, you're basically doing everything internally, right? In in the military. Well, we used to. We used to, but we've learned that our uh, that our footprint is not large enough to do some of the big missions that we have. So we now outsource just as civilian companies do. We bring in all type of third country nationals to do to drive trucks and and to transport goods all over Afghanistan, Iraq, Germany. So yeah, we outsource now. The military does because we just don't have the the footprint or what we call the capability to do it internally like we used to. I don't even think back in the day when I first joined '95 and even. Even before that, we did it all internally. I think it was always outsourced. You all probably just wasn't familiar with that because most of the things that we transport be civilians driving, but it's in a green truck. So you may think that a, a soldier or something is driving it, but we've always outsourced for decades. James, what does the future look like for you? What are you, what are you envisioning? What are you dreaming about? Where where do you want to go? You know, uh, Donna, I think right now, uh, remember, I think uh, I took a little um, journey down the entrepreneur side when I opened up that GMC that time. Uh, me and a friend of mine, we ran two GMC stores in Colorado, and I kind of fell in love with the idea of entrepreneurship. So I think the first thing, uh, of course, I want to open up my own business in the near future. I give myself three to five years. I'm looking at McDonald's or Chick-fil-A or, or something of that sort. That's number one. Number two uh, goes back to the doing something bigger than myself. And uh, I, I got this thing that I just – I want to close out my education at Harvard University. When it's all said and done, I want to be able to say, hey, I got a degree of some sort from Harvard University. I think that is the final chapter in the book. You know, I came from the projects in Birmingham, Alabama, back in the 1970s, and then to be a graduate from Harvard University or Yale or some sort, I think that is a great book to write at the end of the day. So those are the two things that I'm like working on in the next three to five years is to, is to, you know, to see what I can do with this PhD. I transfer this thing over to Harvard university. Now that I'm on the East coast, if possible. And then of course, look at some entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, uh, 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 um, capability in the future. Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. Do you have, is there, is there a secret to success or is there some keys to wisdom that you've, you've given your, your sons or yeah. you, 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 someone had given you that you feel that maybe our audience could find motivating or helpful as they move through their career? Yeah, I, I tell my son, you know, there's a – and it's very simple and it makes sense, which is if you, if you, if you look good, meaning that you get up every single morning – and you and you and you make your bed up at a minimum, and you go in and comb your hair and, and, and brush your teeth and and uh, and go out and have a cup of coffee or and run and exercise. That makes you look good. So the thought process is: if you look good, then and these are all assumptions. If you look good, then then you will feel good. And and and, and then another assumption: if you feel good, that you will do good. So I think that if people just wake up in the morning and do what makes them feel good and makes them look good, I think you'll be ready to take on the world. And that's what I find working 
working for myself. I'm 50 years old. I get up. I run. Even though my knees and my back hurt, I run. I I I'm, I I stay in school. And uh, and I just I just do my best at everything that I do, and, and that seems to be working for me right now. And uh, it works for my son as well. I don't think he really was able to put the concept together until he he had these dreadlocks and he would he would he wouldn't he wouldn't comb them. He had picked up this weight, but when that guy started working out, he slimmed down. He cut the dreads out. Got a neat cut that he gets every single week. He's walking around with his head high and his back straight, and he looks good, and he sounds good. So I haven't really put this to any kind of test, uh, but I think uh, as a, if I were to give somebody some advice, take a look at that first. Look good, feel good, and you're probably going to do good. Yeah. I I absolutely agree with you. I absolutely yeah. agree. I I feel that a lot people are they they look at the physicality, they look at a person, yeah. and people judge. And if you could at least just, and it, I'm not even talking about like attractive level or anything, but right. if, if you're fit, if you're healthy, if you're clean, if you have that smile on your face and you're approaching uh, the world with, with, with enthusiasm and positivity, yeah. good things happen yeah. because that's the good type of person happen. other people are attracted to and yeah. want to work with. It's contagious. It is contagious. I, I, I kind of, uh, you know, everybody knows me as a comedian. I, I, I'm constantly always making jokes. I think I'm, I am serious probably 5% of, of the time. 95% of it is joking around all the time. And it's contagious. People, used to, people love to come to work simply because we're going to laugh and have a good time and get the job done. So, and, I, and all of that is because I feel good. I feel good about what I'm doing, helping people, taking care of myself, you know, all those things are helping me out. So like I said, the assumption that I make is that if maybe if people try to do that, do it that way, and that's simplicity, that is very simple. I think the world will be a better place and people yeah. feel a whole lot better about themselves, you know? So. Yeah. Well, James, thank you so much for your time today, for your wisdom, for your, your background, your history, all of the things that you've accomplished and you've done. And thank you for your service. Thank you very much, Don, and thank you. Thank you for so much. All you've done. Yeah. I gotta I gotta <laughs> give shouts out to Donna before we get out. I mean, Donna has done uh I mean, I think I've sent about ten or fifteen veterans your way. And and every single one of them have have then turned around and sent others to you as well. And you have done great things for us. Uh, veterans, and I'm pretty sure others, and I appreciate, I so appreciate you and your entire staff. You guys have, I, I now use words like branding. I never, you know, branding I thought was was, was a, was based off of a, a company or a, I never thought it could be a person, you know, and your, and your company has really made me understand that I, I have a brand. I am my own personal brand, and I want people to see my brand so they can hire me. And I got that from you. My resume reflects it. My LinkedIn site reflects it. And, and I thank you for that. Oh, James, thank you. Thank you. And, and we've, we've loved working with you. We've loved working with all your referrals. And, and to me, it's to be able to help in, in just a small way, you know, to present yourself, to present yeah. these people in a manner knowing that it's going to change their lives. It's going to give them, you know, a bigger trajectory, a longer career. It, it, right. it's, it's, what, it's what keeps me moving forward. So yeah. thank you. Thanks for listening to Dream Big. 
with Big Dreamers. If you like the show, please do us a favor. Go into iTunes and write a review and give us a rating or share it with a friend via social media or email if you think they'd benefit from these conversations. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time. Until then, keep dreaming big.